0: hello thanks for listening to the total knee tips and pearls podcast this is adam rose and your host i'm a fellowship trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement in these episodes i'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs thanks for tuning in and on with the show Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk to you about what I believe is the most important part of performing a total knee revision, and that's restoring the joint line. I mean, the joint line is important to restore even in a primary setting. And a lot of studies have shown that it's even more important in a cruciate retaining knee, and you have a little bit more wiggle room in a posterior stabilized knee. But what I've seen and what I've learned and what I've read, um, and I'm going to explain to you kind of my experience with it, um, is that the restoration of the joint line is extremely important. And I believe for a long period of time, we didn't really pay the greatest attention to restoring the joint line, or maybe didn't have the information or the tools to restore it well. So, you know, if you go back to and I always hate to use that phrase when I was in training, but when I was in training, um, and again, I try to leave out real specific with particular implant companies and things now, but back then, you know, the really, really common revision systems that we use were the the J&J TC3 and Zimmer's CCK. And where I trained and how I was taught and what we did a lot of times was you were taking out the tibia and the femur and you were basically freshening up the bone on the tibia and the femur to give you flat surfaces. Um, and then from there, we basically used the implants as tinker toys to basically build the implant and trial. And essentially, it was like using a full range of motion um, flexion extension gap checker because you put it on up, too loose, too tight, upsize, downsize, add an augment, remove an augment. Um, and it worked, But but I don't believe... Now, in hindsight, that it worked really well. Um, and, you know, we all know from, you know, past experience and the data, you know, the old mantras were, you know, try to look for your meniscal remnant if you're do- doing a revision. And realistically, that's hard, especially if the person that did the primary took it all out, um, or two finger breaths above the tubercle, or two centimeters above the fibular head. And, you know, if you've been in a knee, a lot of times, unless they've lost a lot of tibia, it's really hard to see or feel the fibular head. And, you know, the tubercle variability is huge and someone has Osgood-Schlatter's, they got a large tubercle and, you know, maybe the tubercle's really shifted laterally. They have some bone loss. Um, You can use the patella and its particular um, position with flexion and extension. Um, So you can use all of those things. And those were some of the more old, you know, ways and techniques of trying to restore the joint line as best as we can. But even when we did that, I believe that most people, um, including me, elevated the joint line, and when you do that, it increases the joint reactive forces. It you know causes this patella baja. It decreases your range of motion. I always remember that you know a centimeter of joint line elevation decreases your flexion by twenty five percent. But every time that we did this, you know, it changes the mechanism of the knee and the way that the mechanics of the collaterals function. Um, And it was always sort of this big disaster and I remember this epiphany as we started to get more aware of the joint line and someone and I forget exactly who told me they said listen, anybody not using an augment or even a small augment on a revision is probably elevating the joint line. And it really made me think about all the times we you know, didn't put a big augment or sometimes no augment on the femoral component. And nowadays, more commonly, I'm using, you know, 10, 15 millimeter augments on a regular basis. Um, And that's really helped. So the thing that I think has helped me the most um, is when one particular company came out and their distal femoral cutting guide, um, actually the designers looked into the research and the data and they extrapolated all this information and the number that they came up with was 28 millimeters from the medial epicondyle so you know what happens on this distal femoral cutting guide is you have a little slot where you can drop your angel wing and you can feel the sulcus of the medial epicondyle and you can drop the angel wing in there and this way you can pin your distal cutting guide and it has essentially restored your joint line. So now you can drop your saw in and go okay, zero, air ball, air ball, medial, lateral, okay. Five millimeters, still air ball, air ball, okay, 10. Okay, 10, I can take a little bit of bone medially, but I'm still an air ball laterally, saw blade 15, boom. There you go, I tell my tech 10 on the medial, 15 on the lateral, and he can start building that on both the four in one cutting guide and the gap checker if I'm gonna use that, and my trial. So now I'm set up for that, as opposed to just making a flat cut and then sizing my femur, and then kind of tinkering around with adding augments. Now there's another system out there, and you know they they have a similar plan, but it's it's later on in the process. So I really like this philosophy. So even if I'm using a different system, you know I'm still getting my ruler and going, okay, 28 millimeters medial epicondyle. This is where I expect my joint line to be, and then using their distal cutting guides to figure out where my freshening cuts need to be, um, because if you know where the joint line is from the get-go that you've at least determined, okay, this is my extension gap. This is where the distal femur needs to be because the next hardest part is poster condylar offset. Um, But this is an important thing. Now, we're always learning. Our job and our career as an orthopedic surgeon is to be in continual motion and learning and educating ourselves and others. Um, So I actually learned something new in just researching the information on this topic. And some of you may already know this, but the idea of this adductor ratio. So what a lot of studies more recently have looked at is the idea of this 0.52 ratio. So if you look at the width of the distal femur and you multiply that by 0.52, or if you're in a pinch just in half, what they've determined is the distance from the adductor tubercle, which they found for a lot of people was a little bit easier to feel and identify than the medial epicondyle, that that 0.52 times the femoral width gives you where the joint line should be, um, and it, this was accurate, I believe, to within four millimeters in greater than ninety percent of the cases. So this is this other option um, that you can utilize in addition to that tool that I use, which is the 28 millimeters that allows me to restore the joint line. Because you know the next step for me. Um, is then balancing your gaps. You know, obviously, that's obviously one of the goals of total joint replacement is to balance our gaps and make sure that we have a good functioning um, knee. But what we then find is that if you know what your extension gap is, and let's say we have our, you know, arbitrary 10 medial, 15 lateral, a lot of times you can take the old femoral implant and line it up size-wise against the system that you're using for the revision to get an idea of what size it is. Um, you can lay it on there, but more often than not, the flexion gap's quite large. So at this point, you have to make this decision of, do I need to upsize my femur um, to close down my flexion gap? Do I need to offset my femoral component with an offset stem to just take the same size medial lateral because otherwise you'd be overhanging and drop it posterior? And then at least this way nowadays, I feel that I'm starting out in a much narrower window, you know, maybe making a little alteration of one size augment and making these minor adjustments to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to balance this knee as good as I possibly can? Whereas before, you know, it was just give me a five, give me a 10, give me a 15, take off the 15, put a 10 back on, add this. And it was, you were really, really starting from scratch. And that was sort of the old way, the old philosophy of doing it. So, taking away from this, you know, and obviously the revision total knee is a whole nother series of umpteen episodes. Um, But this is, I think, in my opinion, the most important part of that operation. Um, So, I just wanted to lay those points home that, you know, when you're in there, is that you need to restore your joint line and. The most effective way that i found in my hands is off of that sulcus of the medial epicondyle, 28 millimeters to the joint line. You obviously, and again, should check it with two or three other options. So nowadays I'm gonna start checking it with that 0.52 ratio times the width of the femur and seeing that distance from the adductor tubercle. Obviously, if you see a meniscal remnant, you can use that and you can use other landmarks as well, looking at the patella, looking at the tubercle. But at least this way, you've then identified the joint line from the distal femur and now the next step is then gonna be balancing your flexion gap to that extension gap, using the tools in your hands, such as upsizing the femur if you're loose, downsizing if it's tight, or potentially using an offset stem if you need to adjust the femoral component, maintaining the same width so you don't develop overhang. So. My two cents on joint line, obviously it's a, you know, this could be a whole week-long symposium just talking about joint line if we wanted to delve into it, but this drives home those points. Um, If you found this information useful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Um, If you do have the time, um, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes uh, so that other people that are looking for this type of information may find it. Um, And until next time, you've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.